All right. Hey, hello. Hello. Welcome. Episode three of the Project Six podcast. We're back. All right. Quick little housekeeping note to make uh, make a point of right away. Getting this this episode up on like Spotify and stuff might be a little bit of a pain in the ass. Um, as it turns out, the website I was using to host my episodes is based out of the UK and paying with my credit card directly to the United Kingdom has generally been an issue for me in the past and apparently it was an issue here so I had to swap everything over to a different website it's mostly done correctly there's one thing I can't find to do it I don't know I'm gonna see how it goes I might have to just take everything down and then re-upload everything again but whatever we'll figure that out as the week goes this will be up on YouTube we had a massive week for gaming news so let's just get right to it uh, first thing from last week, small little thing going back to, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, the dumbest fucking name in gaming continues to get worse. Apparently the reason that they ch- had to change from Gods and Monsters was because Monster Energy filed a trademark against them. If that's not the stupidest reason to have to change your game's title, I don't know what is. Like, how, how... I don't I don't understand how Gods and Monsters is an issue with Monster Energy. But whatever. That that was a thing that happened. So the dumbest name in gaming continues to get more dumb. But I just wanted to touch on that real quick because the PlayStation 5 showcase happened and that's where all the good stuff was. So, the PlayStation 5 showcase, we finally got, you know, all the important information on the PS5. Right, it's releasing In a handful of countries on November 12th, and then the rest of the world on November 19th, which I think is kind of weird, but whatever. November 12th release date. And as most people expected, the prices came in at $500 for the version with the disk drive and $400 for the digital edition. Um, That all, that's pretty much as expected, right? I... I was a little surprised that the release date came in two days after the Xbox Series X. I really thought PlayStation would try to be first to release. Um, So that caught me a little off guard. But for the most part, it was as expected. Um, What wasn't as expected was the fucking pre-order debacle. Uh, You know, they... PlayStation didn't include any pre-order information in their presentation that all came out afterwards like Jeff Keeley all of a sudden started tweeting out like oh hey you guys want to know some pre-order information uh yeah it's going up tomorrow and uh oh it might even be up tonight so you had I mean it's what a fucking disaster you had all these retailers just at will randomly throwing listings up online it was a mad dash to pre-order Supply, particularly with the digital edition, was not what people expected. It is just absolute chaos Monday night, or Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night, yeah. Um, with everybody trying to pre-order. I managed to get one through Best Buy. I got store pickup too, so I don't have to wait for a mail shipment, so I'm happy. I ended up getting the digital edition because I'm making the full switch to digital this generation. Um... You know, it's just, what a 
fucking disaster. You know, there was a quote from one of the PlayStation executives that was making the rounds Wednesday night, uh, way back during Jeff Keighley's summer game stuff, where he was talking. I remember the conversation. I forget which presentation it was during. But he was talking to the PlayStation exec, and he, you know, he asked the guy about pre-orders, and the guy was like, and I don't remember who it was, but he was like, hey, you know, we are not just going to drop this on you. We're going to tell you ahead of time when it's coming. And that obviously didn't happen. And then yesterday morning, PlayStation tweeted out an apology for the way they handled it, which does, I mean, that doesn't do a whole lot of good for people who couldn't get one. But they did say more, more would be becoming available for pre-order and throughout the rest of the year. And some websites have had times where they've said, hey, you know, we're relisting some more pre-orders. So it's nothing to totally panic, but I understand why you'd be... I would be stressed out if I didn't have my pre-order done, right? Like, I know how... That's how I would be. So no need to totally panic and melt down yet. There are going to be opportunities to pre-order some more. It's just going to be a little stressful. You're going to have to pay attention to it. And it sucks that it... It's handled that way, but it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it now. I'm just glad I got mine. Um, I ended up... I followed a a Twitter account my friend told me to follow. As soon as the tweet came up that the Best Buy website had listed them, I clicked links so fucking fast. I didn't read a single word as I was clicking them. I clicked the link. I hit Add to Cart. I hit Checkout. And then as I had hit the checkout button, I looked and saw it was the $400 price. So I knew it was the right console. But it was just complete shit show. I have never bought something so fast in my life. But anyway, the other part of the showcase. So there was a rumor going around that Final Fantasy 16 was going to be announced. It was going to be the big announcement for the showcase So I expected that to close the show, and bang, here came PlayStation right out of the gate, Final Fantasy 16 to open. Kind of wild that they opened with it, but it looks good. Um, The producer for the game is, I'm sorry if I say this wrong, but Naoki Yoshida, who is also the same producer for Final Fantasy 14, which is the MMO. And if you're familiar with Final Fantasy XIV, that game was a fucking disaster. It was dead in the water. And this guy is the one who pulled that game from the brink of death. And it's now probably the best MMO on the market. So, I mean, that's a good sign. Talk about a guy who knows what he's doing. Um, Final Fantasy XV, I know a lot of people didn't love. I didn't totally love it. I bought it when it came out on PC. I want to try it again. Um, I know my friend loved it, but I felt Final Fantasy VII Remake did a much better, better job sort of getting, capturing what they were trying to do with the combat in 15. So I'll, I'm excited. If 16 looks good. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, it's, I'll definitely play it, whether or not I like it and remains to be seen. But anyway, then... PlayStation 5 came in with what I really wanted to see was Spider-Man Miles Morales. You know, I I love Spider-Man. This game's coming out at the end of the year. I'm looking forward to it. The one thing I wanted to see, I wanted to see a, like a nice gameplay demo or gameplay trailer. And I want to see 
the the abilities Miles has in combat. And I want the one thing I want out of this game is I want Miles to feel like his own character. I don't want him to just feel like a different version of the Spider-Man we played in 2018 when that game came out. I think it was 2018. Um, like I just I want Miles to feel distinct. I want him to look and feel like his own character. I don't want it to just be more Spider-Man. And the gameplay looked fucking fantastic. His Venom abilities automatically separate him from Peter Parker, which is exactly what I wanted. And it just it looks like it's going to be a visually really fucking cool game to play. The gameplay looks awesome. The visuals look awesome. I thought it was interesting that the Tinkerer was in there. Uh, that's not who I expected, let alone the fact that they made the Tinkerer a woman. Like, that's totally different. So you know that character's different. Um, and I actually, my first article going up on Screen Rant, hopefully early next week, this week, is about the Tinkerer and who she might team up with. Um, so I won't get too into that, but I think it's going to be the Prowler. Because um, I don't think the Tinkerer is going to be in there alone. I do think it's interesting that the Tinkerer is right in the middle of the combat as opposed to being more in the background like the Tinkerer is usually portrayed. Um, But for the most part, I think she's just filling the spot Silver Sable filled in the first game, right? Silver Sable shows up. Her equipment is what suits up the enemies. And she's effectively there a lot for gameplay fodder. Just pumping out goons for you to fight in the regular game. I think that's sort of the role the Tinkerer is going to be in here. And whether or not she's working with someone and she plays a role in setting up the sequel to Spider-Man, who knows? That's But that's generally what I think is going to happen. I think the Tinkerer is going to be working with someone and we're going to find out that she's working with someone like the Green Goblin through some sort of teaser or subtle hints, and that'll be the setup for Spider-Man 2, would be my guess. Um, Which, honestly, I'm looking forward to. I want to see what new villains they put in here. I want to see how they set up the sequel, and we'll see how that goes. Um, And again, another thing, it's a launch title. They didn't say that in the presentation, but it is a launch title. So that'll be coming out November 12th and it'll be available in two bundles. It'll be or one bundle. You can get it 50 for $50 is going to be the price point. And then there's a $70 bundle that includes Spider-Man remastered and PlayStation pretty much said all their first party games are going to be $70. So get ready. This is the generation. The games are going to jump to 70 bucks. That's just how it is. I I get it. I'm not totally against it. Like, whatever. That that's cost of doing business, fine. I'll pay seventy dollars. Um fifty dollars, I expect this to be like a forty dollar game, so fifty dollars feels a little pricey. But we'll I guess we'll see how that plays out, how long the game is and whatnot. Um And then it is gonna be available on PS4, which I thought was cool. So they're really making it accessible for this sort of transition period. I know they said Horizon Forbidden West is also going to be available on PS4. Uh, I thought there might have been another game that's going to be available on PS4 when it launches, but I can't remember. 
So that's all the Miles Morales news. Then, out of fucking nowhere, Hogwarts Legacy, the open-world RPG Harry Potter game at Hogwarts that has everyone's known has existed for like two years now since the first quote-unquote trailer leaked, and they just haven't said anything about. Um, that game's coming out next year. Uh, my guess is it's not a console exclusive. It was just included in here. Um, yeah. So that game looks fucking fantastic, as expected. Uh, then we got Demon Souls, which is also going to be a launch title for the PS5. So Miles Morales and Demon Souls both coming out on November twelfth. Demon Souls looks it looks fantastic visually. It just looks fantastic. Um, again, I've never played Demon Souls. So I'm looking forward to playing it and giving that a try. I just, I can't be bothered to play the original version. It's way too dated at this point. So you remake it, I'll play it. I'm in. One thing to note. So with Demon's Souls and Final Fantasy 16, they weren't exactly clear on exclusivity. Uh, the, the trailer for Demon's Souls that was uploaded to YouTube after the presentation said that it would be available on PC as well. And PlayStation then came out afterwards and said, no, that's not true. They took that trailer down, said it was a mistake, and that it was a PlayStation exclusive. I don't know that I buy that. I think someone made a mistake, and maybe that wasn't supposed to get uploaded. My guess is Demon's Souls will eventually get released on PC. When that happens, who knows? But it was just very weird. And it was similar with Final Fantasy 16, Where there was word going around that it was a timed exclusive. That in six months it would be on PC. And then after 12 months, it could potentially come to Xbox. But that then got shot down and said, nope, that was a console exclusive. Again, my guess is it, it'll be on PlayStation exclusively for a while. And then will eventually release on PC. If if I were betting. But for the time being, those are PlayStation exclusives, I guess. Um, they did announce a PlayStation Plus, blah, PlayStation Plus collection as well. Where if you have PlayStation Plus... Here, let me, uh, let me Google this real quick. So you'll be able to get a bunch of PS4 exclusive games... As long as you have PlayStation Plus. So, uh, where is it? You'll download and play these games directly. It's not a streaming service. And Sony said the entire collection will be available when the PS5 launches on November 12th. So when the console launches, if you have a PlayStation Plus subscription, you can download and play God of War, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, Battlefield 1, Monster Hunter World, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15. The Last Guardian, Ratchet and Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat 10, Persona 5, Until Dawn, and Resident Evil Biohazard. All completely free. Which I think is kind of cool. You know, a lot of their big exclusives are in there. There's a lot of good games in there. You get them, you can download them and play them for free as soon as you get your PlayStation 5. Neat little feature. Um, I mean, 
outside of Ratchet and Clank and God of War, uh, I don't really, eh. I mean, I wouldn't really replay any of those games right now, I don't think. Um, but that was cool. Neat little, uh, neat little thing to throw in there. A nice little bone to get people to subscribe to PlayStation Plus. You get your new PS5. You get some games you can play on it, whatnot. And then they closed the show announcing God of War Ragnarok is coming out next year. And I had a fucking meltdown. Oh, I was so excited. I love when you watch one of these presentations and there's just a complete surprise announcement that comes out of nowhere. I love it. That, that as soon, so like the trailer, they're like, oh, you know, we got, we got one more thing left to show you. And it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, what are you showing me here? And then all of a sudden, you just hear Christopher Judge's voice come through. And I heard half a syllable before I sat back in my chair and said, oh my God, this is God of War. And then like you see the logo drawing up. The music's kicking in. Oh, I was ready to fucking kill something. Like, oh. So I just I just finished replaying God of War last month. That game is so good. I love that game so much. I I am so excited for God of War Ragnarok. Oh, that game's going to be awesome. Um, I know a lot of people were very skeptical of it coming out in 2021. I mean, I don't really understand that totally. I mean... God of War came out, what, two, two and a half years ago now? I mean, it's not like they have to rebuild all the assets and whatnot. I mean, there'll be new assets, sure. But they don't have to rebuild all the systems and the engine. I mean, that's pretty much a normal development cycle. Uh, so I would put God of War Ragnarok in the category of... It wouldn't surprise me if it got delayed into maybe early 2022. But... I wouldn't exactly be shocked if it holds to the 2021 release date. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I... 2021 could be a gigantic year for video games. Um, Alright, so that was about it for the PlayStation 5 showcase. Yeah, it's just very weird how they handled it. Um... There, were ju- there was just a lot of information not included for reasons that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know, you you expect when you watch something like that, you know, all the information that's going to be relevant, you're going to get. Uh, here we go. Let me go through this. Just make, yeah, so like pre-order information. The pre-order information coming through Jeff Keighley is the weirdest one. Like you... You couldn't even put in a thing in there like, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to be able to pre-order this console tomorrow. You couldn't even put that in your presentation. And then you allow retailers to just list it up that night. And then you you don't include the launch lineup. for the, Like, I just, it it's just very, it's weird. Like, you just did a presentation. Everyone was watching. Just put all the information in the presentation. Why... And the only thing I could think of is that the, eh, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, do you, you kept it very general so that as soon as Microsoft announced their prices, you could just come right out and do your showcase? Like, that, like I can't help but feel like that's that's what the goal here was. Like, did you just... Did you just make, so like Miles Morales, Holiday 2020, 
you knew it was a launch title. So did you just have that trailer say holiday 2020 because you were waiting for Xbox to say, hey, we're going to we're going to release our console on this day for this amount of money. And then you could just drop that showcase as soon as that information came out, because that's kind of how it feels. And I don't know, that's it's kind of shitty. I don't know. It's just kind of dumb. Like, I don't I don't understand why they do it that way. But it's like, you know, you the way I look at it, it's like the way Xbox has handled things. Everything's all nice and tight and buttoned up. It's all very well organized, well structured. Everything they do makes sense. Right. They came out after this and said, hey, we're going to let you know exactly when you can pre-order. And Xbox announced earlier this week. 11 a.m. Eastern on September 22nd, you can pre-order your new Xbox consoles, right? Like, it's just, Xbox has everything nice and neat. It's all structured. It all makes sense. And then PlayStation just sort of slaps it out there. And honestly, they can get away with it because their first-party exclusives are so fucking good, right? When you're, you know, PlayStation, look, I mean, they completely bundled this entire thing. And it doesn't matter because their exclusives are so good that people like me will frantically buy one as soon as they can. And it's just two different ways of doing business, I guess. At the end of the day, I, I mean, I, it'll work out, right? People will get their consoles, we'll get great games, and that'll be that. But this was a mess. It was a handled like a complete mess. And then another thing to note, is the PS5 won't natively support uh, PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 backwards compatibility. That that came out afterwards, which isn't totally unexpected, right? I think most people expected backwards compatibility with the PS4, and then anything before that, you probably weren't going to get to play. <clears throat> but the the big one is the quote that came with that. So this was a story from Ars Technica that I'm reading from. Uh, There was a interview in Famitsu with Sony Interactive Entertainment Chief Jim Ryan. And in that interview, they were talking about backwards compatibility. And the exact quote that just... I. (laughs) <laughs> I I don't get it. You know, you say, quote, when we've dabbled with backwards compatibility, I can say it is one of those features that is much requested but not actually used much. That, and I was at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games, and the PS1 and PS2 games, they looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? End quote. I mean... Dude, dude, like, look, the first part of the quote where he says backwards compatibility is a feature that's very much requested and not actually used. I don't entirely disagree with him there. I I think people want backwards compatibility. It's sort of like when you're playing a game and it's like, oh, hey, you know, I've got five potions, but I don't want to use one in case I really need it later. And you just hold on to it and hold on to it and hold on to it and you never end up using it at all. Right? It's sort of that, right? Well, I want 
backwards compatibility. I want to be able to play, you know, Spiral the Dragon from my PlayStation 1. You know, what if I ever, you know, it, I want it there because what if I ever decide I want to play Spyro the Dragon from my PS1, right? But you never actually make use of it. I don't think he's wrong there. So I, I think it's fine to not include backwards compatibility pre-PS4. Because, I mean, if you release a console, if you're going to put backwards compatibility in there, just make it compatible with the previous console, right? Everything before that, whatever, it's outdated. The part that I don't get is when he says, why would anybody play this? Like, why, why do you have to say that? Like, there are people that like those old games. There are people that are nostalgic about old games and they like to replay them. There are people that really like a particular game and they want to keep playing it. Why do you have to throw that little dig in there up and sort of mock the idea of playing it? I just, that's a shitty comment. I don't like it. But whatever. So for the most part, that was all the PlayStation 5 news. Monster week for PlayStation. Um, we're going to take a break here. We'll talk about a couple other small little news items. And then talk about some other stuff and wrap things up. So I'll be back shortly. All right. Welcome back. We're back from our little little breather there. All right. So a couple small little news things left. Um, Nintendo had a small little direct for third-party developers this week, and they announced Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2 are coming out on the Switch, both next year, I believe. Um, Monster Hunter Rise is March. I don't know about Stories 2. I've heard Stories was a pretty good game. Uh, I looked into it at one point, but I never picked it up. And Monster Hunter Rise, I mean, it's Monster Hunter. So I'll pick it up. I'll play it. I Monster Hunter World was my first Monster Hunter game. Um, I'm not like super into it or anything, but I, I enjoyed my time with Monster Hunter World. I played through it a couple times. Once on PlayStation, once on PC. I liked it. So I'll play Monster Hunter Rise. Sure, I'm in. Um, I know a friend of mine really loves Monster Hunter. There was something, one of the monsters in the trailer was super cool or something. He was really excited about it. Whatever. I'm into it. I'll play. Um, I don't know what else they announced in that direct. It was another one of those small sort of things that you don't really pay attention to because Nintendo's not doing anything big. And then another little news item. Cyberpunk 2077 shortened its story because people didn't finish The Witcher 3s. Um... So this one is interesting. And I don't think it's a bad thing. So there was a quote that CD Project Red I'm like lost. I just totally like had a brain fart trying to figure this out. Um uh, this quote came from Patrick K Mills who's a senior quest designer at CD Projekt Red. And he said, he was talking about completionist runs and main story runs. He said that a main story run in Cyberpunk 2077 is slight, is a quote, is slightly shorter than The Witcher 3 because we got a lot of complaints about Witcher 3's main story just being too long. Looking at the metrics... You see tremendous numbers of people played through the game really far, but never made it to the end. 
Now, I don't think this is a bad thing. And I'm sure I'm going to have an episode of the podcast coming up at some point, maybe in October sometime, if there's a little bit of a dead period. Because this is something I've, I've really been big on recently and has become a big pet peeve of mine is the length of these big open world RPGs. It, games games are getting they're getting way too big they're getting way too long um it's just it's exhausting like i with the witcher 3 i love the witcher 3 it it's one of my favorite games i put well over 100 hours into that game i fucking loved it it's just these games are so long and a lot of these games would benefit from really tightening things up and not going as long. Um, you know, I'm playing... I just finished replaying the base game for Assassin's Creed Odyssey this week. It's just... It's long. It's huge. Like, tighten it up a little bit. There's a lot of dead stuff in there. Or a lot of content that's really dry. Like, you can tighten that up. But I don't I don't want to get way too... Locked onto that. Because that's a much bigger topic. So I I general I think this is a good thing. I I think Cyberpunk tightening up its story a little bit is a good thing. Um obviously when you buy a game you really want to get your value for it, but that can be taken a little too far. Right? If I buy if I pay, you know, I guess $70 coming up this generation for a game, if I pay 60 70 bucks for a game, if I can get, you know, 40 50 even maybe 60 hours out of it, like, I'm fine. Like, 60's on the high end. But, like, if 40 40 hours is fine. Like, I don't need your story to take me 80 hours to get through or whatever. So I I think this is a good thing for Cyberpunk. Um, And I think specifically as it relates to The Witcher 3, where he said that, you know, they saw a lot of people got really far into the story and then just stopped. My guess, if you looked at it, is when the story shifts to Skellige, that a lot of people were like, you know what, I don't want to play this anymore. Because it's like, you know, you're playing in this giant world, and you do all this stuff, all this side quests, all this exploring. Your your main quest is broken up into these big chunks. You get through all of that, and then they drop you on another island that's still huge, and it's like, okay, here you go, now you get to do that all again on this island. And then I think a lot of people just get there and they're like, you know what? I I really don't want to do this. And I know there are a lot of people that uh, don't really like the end of the Witcher 3's campaign. So, I mean, it makes sense that that's what they would see. But if they're they're looking at that and saying, no, we need to tighten it up for Cyberpunk, I think that's a good thing. Um, And it's a good thing for me selfishly because there's going to be a fuck ton of games coming out in those few weeks and I want to play them. So, so I would prefer these games not all last me the rest of my life. But anyway, that's news for the week. Big news week. Um, not a whole lot of big news coming up for this coming week. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, what I've been playing this week, I just want to do this real quick. Super Mario 3d all-stars came out on Friday. I bought it. I downloaded it. I fired up Super Mario 64 Friday night. 
And look, part of it, I was exhausted Friday night, and I just wanted to go to bed, so I stopped. But I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to play Super Mario 64. You know, it's I've always wanted to play it because I never have. And I know a lot of people love it, and I understand why a lot of people love it. But without the nostalgia factor, it might be really hard for me to really sit down and try to invest in playing that game because it's it's so dated. I just, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to play it. You know, I'm going to play Super Mario Galaxy because I love that game. And I would like to play Sunshine in 64 because those are games I've never played or never finished. I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. We'll see. Uh, but what a lazy, just tan- small tangent, what a lazy, lazy game from Nintendo. You got everybody. You know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 just came out. Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot. You know, pe- developers going back and finding these old loved games and completely remaking them from the ground up and trying to stay true to the original, but make it more modern, fix some problems with it, and and really not just bring the game back, but bring the game back in a better way than it was. Right? So it's like you're not like taking something that's completely outdated and just releasing it for $60 in 2020. Because that's dumb. And not only did Nintendo not do anything with these games... Like, Super Mario 64 wasn't even made widescreen. It's left in its regular ratio. Right? Sunshine, I believe, has been made widescreen. But it's like they just took the original game and just threw it in the package. And it's like, I know Nintendo can get away with it because they're Nintendo. But, God, that sucks. Like, you couldn't take Super Mario 64 and just remake the entire game and re-release it. I would pay $60 for that alone. But whatever. I'm I'm not going to go on a whole tangent for it. Uh, my room's hot. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I, I don't have the energy to go on that kind of tangent right now. It's just dumb. It's lazy. And I don't like it. And then, uh, anyway. <laughs> earlier this week, there was an update for Guild Wars 2. They finally released a new Fractal. I think it's been well over a year since the last Fractal was added to Guild Wars 2. This one had a challenge mode. Um, Alright, so... I mean, it's what people wanted, right? They wanted a new Fractal. They wanted a challenge mode. All of it. And this one was set in sort of a Canthan environment, right? So you got a little sneak peek at maybe some assets we're going to see when we go to Cantha whenever the expansion comes out. And for the most part, the Fractal's good. It's well-designed. I like it. I like the final boss fight. Um, I enjoyed it. But the challenge mode... I I was planning to do the challenge mode Tuesday night when this Fractal came out. And I well, we weren't even able to try it because apparently you have to do all the achievements or something to open up the challenge mode. Like, c- ain't it? Come on! Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why is it? That with this game, every time you take one step back, you take two, or one step forward, you take two steps back. Every time with this game, I love Guild Wars 2. I want to play it. I want more content to play. I want to invest my time in your game. Stop doing this stupid crap. 
I do not want to sit here and grind your useless achievements so that I can open up challenge mode and, and play the content that I want. Like, stop making your game so much of a checklist and just put good content in the game so that I can play it. Like, God, with this game, it aggravates the shit out of me. Like, I just, I, I love the game. I want to play the game. I have bought, I couldn't tell you how much of their microtransaction nonsense over the last eight years. Like, I, I haven't, I've barely played Guild Wars 2 for the last year, two years. Because there's just nothing there. Like, give me something to play. That's what I want. Just give me something. Ah. Anyway. Uh, I picked <laughs> I picked up Hades last night. So, Hades, if you're not aware, is a roguelike. It just came out of early access late last week. I don't know what day specifically it came out. But I know a lot of people have been talking about it. A lot of people have been enjoying it. I've never been big in rogue into roguelikes. Uh, I've tried one or two in the past, and I just sort of, nah, like it just never really hit for me. I picked this up last night because I found out you can get it for 10 bucks on the Epic Store. Right, The game's originally 25 bucks. It's $5 off right now, and there's a, a coupon, like a hidden coupon in the Epic Store that when you go to check out buying the game, it'll automatically apply. Where buying a game covered by the coupon cuts off like 10 bucks or whatever. So I, I got the game for 10 bucks, And I played it for the first time this morning for maybe a little under two hours. I was playing it this morning and I I love it. I was super into it. Um, I'm going to try playing it some more. And I'm sure next week I'll have more thoughts on it. But it's, it's very good. It's made by Supergiant Games. Who's just... Supergiant Games is really good, right? They make Bastion. They made Transistor. What the hell was the other game they made? They made uh, Pyre, right? So it's a new game from Supergiant Games. It was in early access for a while. It's now been fully released, and it's it's very good. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'll play it more and see what else we got. Uh, and that might be it for the week. Uh, I don't really have any other random things to talk about, so... What's coming this week? Uh, in terms of news, absolutely nothing that I'm aware of. I don't think there's anything currently announced for this week news-wise. But game release-wise, we got on the 22nd, Halo 3 ODST on the Master Chief Collection. is coming out. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, and Ginga Force, whatever the hell that is. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Complete Edition. Huh, interesting. I didn't know that was coming out. Uh, Serious Sam 4, Vampire the Masquerade, Night Road, uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. Uh, all those games come out the 24th. On the 25th, Mafia Definitive Edition comes out. The Mafia games have always been one I wanted to play, and I just I haven't. I, I've seen a little bit of them. They look good. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to look into that at some point. And then uh Panzer Dragoon remake. Nothing really huge coming out this week. I mean, that's really it for the week. Again, getting this podcast uploaded might be a pain in the ass. I don't know. We'll see how long it takes me. I'm hoping to get my first articles up on Screen Rant this week cuz I am going to be a game features writer 
or I'm going to be writing features for gaming on Screen Rant. I'm hoping that'll start this week. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how the process works. I have my first article written and submitted. It's pending review and whatnot. So we'll see. Hopefully I can get that up Monday or Tuesday. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But keep an eye out for that. I'll be retweeting it. Um, general plugs again. You can find me everywhere at Sixture. S-I-X-C-H-R. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram. Literally anywhere else I use that. I use Sixture as my username everywhere. Uh, Twitch streams this week. I don't know what we'll stream this week. You know, maybe maybe some Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Maybe we'll get into Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC. Or I might just stream Hades this week. I don't know. Uh, but first stream will be probably tomorrow, Monday. And then we'll go from there. Uh, actually, Celtics are on Monday. Maybe we'll stream Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, that's all I got for you this week. As always, thanks for listening, hanging out. I always appreciate the company. Have a wonderful week, and I will catch you next week where we'll hopefully have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Adios.